0: You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is Lauren, and you're listening to Profiles in CRM. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, episode 14. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. Okay, we're here with another episode of Profiles, and uh, just FYI for the listeners, I'm doing some active noise canceling, but we are outside uh, in a parking lot at a Starbucks, so there will be some extraneous noise. And we're both on the same microphone. Uh, Usually I do these by Skype. So, well, let's go right into the first question. So, what is your name and who do you work for? Uh, My name is Lauren.
1: I'm a private contractor with a number of different firms. I also am a field agent with Field Ready Services.
0: Okay, and how long have you been working in CRM? been in crm for 14 years now what position do you usually have in crm and what is the highest position you've attained and i mean you know field tech crew chief stuff like that um
1: i usually work as a GI, gps uh, supervisor or a uh, crew chief and uh, i guess the highest i've ever been is a, a field director and uh, a kind of a, a, a field manager
0: where have you worked uh and you know where in the country, what states, and you know, like what region, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I got my degree in Tennessee, and I've worked my way kind of across the country from there. I worked in uh, Oklahoma and uh, the Arkansas area, kind of southeast Oklahoma, southwest Arkansas, and then uh, moved from there to uh, the Great Basin in Nevada, and worked my way across uh, Nevada, and then uh, was stationed out of uh, Carson City for a while, and then uh, moved over to uh, Sacramento, and just recently came back to Reno.
0: All right, well, we got all the, uh, setting questions out of the way so people know where you're coming from so what's the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist and this can be anything from personal or professional relationships to experiences you know uh you could even throw in the what's the coolest thing you've ever found annoying question <laughs> no we won't we won't tackle that
1: i guess the the, the absolute best thing that's ever happened to me uh, because of archaeology is that I, I met my wife and uh, now we have a, a great family um um, aside from that and the, the the amazing amount of knowledge and, and uh, just quintessentially uh, unique individuals I've met throughout the, the, the field. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it.
0: That's cool because I've been waiting for someone to, to pretty much say something like that because I met my wife doing archaeology and everybody's always has a different sort of answer to it and they're all good answers, but no one's, you're the first one to actually say that in 14 episodes. Here we go to the fun questions. What is the biggest thing you would change... That would make being a CRM professional better. Oh boy, uh, I guess I guess really, I, I just some some more uh, job stability
1: for workers within CRM, and uh, you know everybody shies away from that union thing, but but something like that would be would be great. And in, in some respects, uh, I just like to uh, see uh, people in CRM be uh, uh, a little more uh, less expendable and. Um, uh, just have some some stability and, and and like maybe a 401k or a retirement plan that that just you know it's not that shouldn't be so remote in our business I really think and uh, yeah I, I think that'd be good.
0: So I don't usually go into too much detail on that question uh, with most people but I know you've been around the block a little while and you've been at different levels so I'm going to expand on that a little bit and say I mean how do you think aside from some sort of union, you know, the dreaded you, you you were, we're both officially blacklisted as of five seconds ago. Um, Yeah. So aside from that, what, uh, I mean, how do we do that? Because we got the whole problem. I'm, I'm currently working on proposals and contracts and the biggest problem with keeping people employed is keeping the proposals and the money flowing in. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think is the solution to that? Whether it's, it's people working in uh, having a different attitude towards the job themselves, which, yeah, which is kind of my opinion on it. Um, so.
1: I, I think the biggest uh, the response that I could give to that is just value. I think that we really have to put value in, in CRM in our, in our, in our own work ethic, um, but also in, in, in kind of value in, in distributing our knowledge and making it something that is more akin to other environmental services that are, um, some, somehow uh, valued and they aren't the bad guys on the, on the project. You know, somehow we, we get a bad name and, and people always view us as the guys that were going to ch- chain themselves to the, the bulldozer or, or stop all the, 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 the belly scrapers or, or whatever. But, um, you know, somehow we need to, to find a, a happy medium to where we can be on whatever project and, and relate to the other project professionals, be they the, the, the equipment operators or the, uh, the, the, the managers, uh, the foremen, the, the engineers, whatever it is. Uh, We need to make ourselves as professional, as valued, um, you know, our our presence on on the job site um, in the the, the CRM field, in the greater governmental uh, regulation spectrum. We just have to we have to be we have to be something that is valued, something that is considered and something that is, um, you know, contributing to history, something that's that's given back to the community and something that people feel a reason to 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 not uh, make us the bad guy, not uh, see. Uh, you know, picking up uh, bottles in their backyard or, or digging up uh, artifacts as, as you know, it's just a good thing and, and that, that they need to, to be in, in cahoots with us and, and not hate us and, 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 and love their, their CRM resources, their, their archaeological resources.
0: What is your career goal in CRM? Where do you want to see yourself? And it's the where do you want to see yourself in 5, 10, 15, 20 year question? I'm
1: kind of uh, approaching some sort of a nexus within the actual the field of of CRM and doing field work Um, so I don't really know where I'm gonna be in in CRM um, as far as doing contract archaeology I'd like to continue doing that and and my wife and I both do do archaeology when we can Um, we are raising a family now and trying to be a little more settled so that makes that that a little more difficult Um, but we are trying to keep our feet in the, the door of CRM and try and try to do other things, expand on uh, um, archaeology and, and do business from uh, CRM as well as within uh, CRM.
0: Well, I guess to uh, ask that further, I mean, let's do the twenty-year question. When you quote-unquote retire, if that's even possible, what uh, do you want to be? Do you want to own a, a regular CRM firm type company? Do you want to be doing something else in uh, archaeology? Do you want to be a PI? Do you? I mean, what uh, what's your What's your top end? Not that that's limiting, but what's ideally where you'd want to end up? Well,
1: um, the business we're working on right now kind of is is the dream uh, towards that and uh, trying to uh, establish that and maybe create some kind of legacy for the both of us. Uh, You know, we've got a lot of experience, I I guess, pushing on like 30 years between the two of us. And uh, we've worked with with people and and groups that have had much more experience than that and, and, you know, companies that have had hundreds of years uh, between the folks that are, they're that all working there of experience. And so we feel like we need to give back. I think that that's one thing that's starting to uh, be uh, absent in, in CRM. And, and maybe if we go back to that question, something else I'd like to see change is, um, seems like there's a preference for for uh, green folks, for newbies and uh, to try to, you know, maybe get rid of the, the old folks that know something or that, that ask questions or something. And I, I, I think that that's, that's not a good, practice i think that 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 keeps uh, that labor force from knowing what what the real experience of of field work is and what's gone on for the the past 20 years the past 30 years whatever and uh i think that what we'd like to do is uh expand on that you know everybody has a the the, let's let's have a field school um you know to get to get that job or to, to have those accreditations um but i think that field schools don't actually teach everything you need to know in crm and uh, I think we'd like to uh, develop some things that, that, that add to that CRM experience, help out uh, people that are doing CRM projects, as well as the uh, the field technicians and and other workers in CRM, and uh, just make it all better and, and, and you know contribute to that value in archaeology and contribute to that professionalism, and uh, you know uh, add some accreditations for those skills, and uh, you know we'd like to see a, 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 you know a place that we could, uh, you know, teach those things, bring people in for lectures and and other, uh, you know, trainings uh, and and have some kind of uh, accreditation system in in CRM archaeology where you could say, yeah, I I do have my uh, trenching and shoring certification through um, field-ready services. I I also have my, uh, you know, fine excavation technique, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's there's a limitless number of skills that we apply in the job every day. And, uh, you know, I think... I say it a lot that throughout doing like 14 years of, of CRM archaeology, I've probably got like 50 years of real world, uh, you know, odd job experience because there's just so many other things that you learn or just become uh, necessitative to, to continue doing whatever it is, be it, you know, dealing with landowners and, and negotiating some kind of, um, uh, you know, rights of, of passage or, or usage or whatever, um, you know, uh, to, to just dealing with other, other personalities in the field um, to to like you know learning those those kind of uh, uh, taboo uh, subjects or or um, um, work you uh, know you know conversations you know things things you don't do you know or things that you should do learn how to to, to survive in a hotel room day to day and not lose your mind and uh, like not feel like you're just some kind of zombie going to the same survey or, or excavation job every day so yeah we'd we'd like to to be able to do that and then somehow give back or or
0: or make a place in 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 archaeology awesome all right last question if you could give an undergrad thinking about crm one piece of advice and i used to have that question say a career in crm (laughs) but i wisened up um so if you can give an undergrad thinking about crm one piece of advice what would it be
1: learn how to cook healthy on a foreman um one piece uh actually i I think I'd, i'd say that just uh learn how to take care of yourself, um, learn how to, to be safe. Uh, I think that's, that's one thing that I've, I've learned, uh, kind of in some ways, in the hard way, just, just learn how to recognize situations of, of, of danger or situations that, that can change quickly. I mean, that, that's the, that's probably the, the greatest hazard in our work. I mean, nine times out of 10, it's pretty static and it's, it's the same, but when it's that, that, that number 10 time, it's, it's really big. And, and, you know, Take care of your other folks in the field, uh, you know, and and just make sure that, that everybody comes back, and that you do this um, not only professionally, uh, but but in a, in a way that that's that's compassionate and caring too. You know, I think that, that sometimes uh, that some of the folks that come into uh, this, and, and I, I definitely was probably guilty of this in my early days. You know, you, you get loose on the world, and and um, you know all of a sudden you get your feet wet a little bit, and uh, they want to go crazy and and uh you know you kind of forget that, that you are a participant in a community still when you come back from work and uh you know you, you should you should owe something to that community because in some way they are are paying for you to be in there even if it's just to tolerate you um you know be be a part of the community be a part of uh, of, of the bigger thing in archaeology don't just uh, just look at it as some kind of worldly vacation you know and and uh a reason to go out and party or something, you know,
0: take it serious. All right. I'm here with Jordan Harbinger from the Art of Charm, and he's going to tell us what the Art of Charm podcasts are all about. Go ahead, Jordan.
2: Hey, sure. So thanks for the opportunity. Basically what we do at AOC, this is the show that we wish we had 10 years ago and I'm 34 now. So there's a lot of folks that are twenties and thirties, and we, we look at how we live our lives and the way that we do things. And it's always, It's always that, if I had known, if I had only known. So what I'm doing with The Art of Charm and what we're doing as a team here is we bring together the best minds in pretty much every industry to teach people how to crush it in life with their relationships, at work, et cetera. So it's like having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing all their research and testing and tough lessons, School of Hard Knocks or otherwise, into a curriculum. And we're very practical, which is great for your sort of scientific... Audience as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is great for networking, for uh, just learning some some personal skills that you can use on the job and uh, and for finding jobs and your relationships with people.
2: Yeah. So we talk think about things like we talk about things like body language, the way you sit, stand, walk, and talk. Networking, how to follow up with the network, how to be authentic when you're creating relationships for work. Because a lot of people think networking is like, here's my business card, give me a call when you want to buy a used car, and it's like, no, it's about giving, it's about relationships, but since people don't have a game plan, they kind of ignore it. And especially in your field, they're probably thinking, oh, I really hope my work stands up for itself someday and I get that promotion. And it's like, well, it's all about who you know. And you can either say, oh, it's all about who you know and I hate that. Or you can be like, thank goodness it's all about who you know because I'm never going to be the top of this industry until I, until it's too late for me to care,
0: right? <laughs> right, right. All right, so go check out the Art of Charm podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. And you can find them also on www.theartofcharm.com. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com Contact us at chris at